Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Lord, you are almighty. You are everything in everything, Lord. We just humble ourselves before your presence. And we just ask that you would speak to us, Lord. Open our minds, open our spirits, that we might be able to uh, capture and, 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 and digest and apply in our lives all the good things that you are bringing to us, Lord. Uh, for, for, the, for our benefit, for the benefit of our families, and for the benefit of those who are around us who are seeing us. Yes, Lord, we want to look different. We want to look a little weird, but we want to look weird in a good way so that people can think, well, maybe that can help me. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to bless your word today. Amen. Bless your word, Lord, and that we can come out of here being more prepared, Lord, to seek your excellence in 2020. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul was a father to the Philippian church. What's an apostle? Somebody who's separated for God, and generally they start works in different places. They, um, they, 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 they give from their lives, and they'll get something set up, and then at some point they'll have to move on and start somewhere else. And then they, they do follow-up, all right? They didn't have internet or anything like that, so Paul would write letters, right? So the, the letter to the Philippians is a letter that Paul was writing to his babies, to his, you know, the people that he loves, the people that he, he, um, he helped them in their first steps in coming into the Lord. So he's nurturing his spiritual children. And in chapter 2 of Philippians, we find a lot of good things that Paul is bringing to them. Okay, Paul is talking to them and, and telling them, you know, do this and do that and look at this this way and look at it that way. But now we understand that what is Paul doing? He, Paul had a deep, deep relationship with God. God chose him for a special work. God is, I mean, Paul is, is known as the one who began to get the gospel out to the whole world. Because the, the, the disciples, they were around the Jerusalem area. Paul immediately started going out all over the place and bringing the gospel. And by the way, now Jesus, before he left, told us that now we're going to take that job. That's our job now, to keep bringing that, that gospel wherever. So, so he's talking to his kids and he's telling them uh, things, uh, uh, ways to think and ways to be. And really, this is great stuff for us. This is great stuff for us to look at. Because what he's telling them is uh, how to be like Jesus. How to be like Jesus. Good for us to aim at in this year as we uh, work at striving for excellence in 2020. Okay? We're trying to strive for excellence. And just so you know, excellent is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and excellence is the same thing. Okay? There's no holy macaroni, no hocus pocus. It's like... What he is, that is excellence. We need to have a clear eye on the target. You know, like I'm sure if you went to uh, learn how to shoot, they would <laughs> talk to you about, you know, the target. You know what I mean? I went one time, I bought like 150 bullets, and there were like six holes in the piece of paper, okay? okay. 
I didn't pray enough. I don't know. Okay. Let's begin. All right. So let's go here now to Philippians 2, 1 to 4. And we get here. uh, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Hello? Is there any encouragement? Of course. You know, he lifts me up. Okay. Any comfort from his love? Yeah, this is where we start learning what love really is, what it's all about. We men, which are macho men, here's where we start learning how to be able to express that love. Any fellowship together in the spirit besides the word of God and the four by four that the Lord hit me with over the head the first day, the next thing that's the biggest thing to me is you guys, communion. The Holy Spirit is in all of us, and we are brothers by the blood of Christ, you know? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Amen. We're learning that, right? We're working on that, okay? The human tendency is to be selfish, right? But we're learning to be tender and compassionate. Amen? Okay, let's move on to the next verse, verse 2. Okay. This is Paul talking to his babies. That made me truly happy by agreeing, right? Happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another. Let's stop pulling everybody in their own direction. Look, look, we got to... Pretty soon I'm going to start getting involved with the music here. And then you know what I'm going to tell the singers? I'm going to tell them, you know what? When you're singing, look at each other a little bit. Look at each other a little bit. So when those words come out, they come out together. You know what I mean? It's not everybody up here doing their own individual solo. No, we're a group. And we're bringing forth the word together in one heart and one mind. So Paul is telling them, think together. Let's work together. How do we do together? We do exactly what God wants us to do. Go that way. You know, working together with one mind and purpose. Verse 3. We're going to go through this chapter. This is, don't be selfish. Don't be trying to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Verse 4. Hallelujah. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. It's pretty plain, right? It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. What Paul is laying out is very basic, but if we live this, these things that he's teaching here, that's going to make a big difference. He exhorts us to be humble and things of others before ourselves. Okay? The tendency of the human being, and you see it even with babies, the kid that has the 10 toys wants the toy of the kid that has one toy. Isn't that the way it is? And that's us. That's us. Thinking of others before ourselves. That's a big lesson that we have to learn as Christians. It's not all about me. It's not all about me. And as we go on in the Christian life, we see more and more that people who are really Christians who are living this life have a tendency to be relating to other people in giving and in helping and in serving. Hello, serving. Okay, let's look at verse 5 real quick. You, 
must have the same attitude that Christ had. See, now he's relating it pretty much directly. We need to have Christ's mind, Christ's head, look at things through the lens that Christ looks at it. See what I'm saying? That this thing of excellence is of us looking at Christ and following him and imitating him. Verse 5. Excellence is Christ. Excellence is in Christ. We must have the same mind that Jesus had, the attitude that Christ had. That needs to become a part of us. And that is the key to excellence. How many say amen? That is the key. They have a very popular thing. What would Jesus do? In any situation, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus see this? How would Jesus react? What would Jesus do? And that's where we got to go. All right, let's go from verse 6 to 11 real quick. Though he was, wow, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Seven. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Let's go to eight. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. That is a mouthful. But putting it simply... That reminds me when the Molina family got converted and, you know, we, we knew, we knew that uh, these are people are, that are, you know, he's a brain surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, how many brain surgeons do you know? Hello. Um, and the service would end. Where's Dr. Molina? Oh, there he is with the broom. Hello. Where's Julieta? Oh, no, she's, she's cleaning the bathroom. You know, that is Christ-like. We're talking about the Almighty came, put that, left that all aside. No, 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 that's not important. I want to go down there. I want to relate to these people. I love them. I want to find a way so that they can start seeing and understanding what it's all about. And he left all that aside and came to serve. Have you seen, like, this comes out on, on TV and the internet a lot of times, like, an actor or a famous entertainment person will do something really stupid. Then when somebody comes, like a policeman or whatever, they'll get into, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Like real idiots, you know? You know, you just did the stupidest thing in the world and you're, you want everybody to know who you are, you know? What happens in that case is that somebody, these people are really talented. 
you know, like, I love Robert De Niro as an actor, but he's going to be burning in the pit of hell forever. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately. So, so I think that when they do something like that, they're taking away from, from the good of the gift that, that was given to them. You know what I mean? We don't have to puff our chest out so everybody can see that. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. He says, you guys are full of it. You know, you come with your robes and you stand on the corner and you pray so everybody can see you. Get off it. Get a life. You know what I mean? The one we need to, to communicate to is to Jesus, to Christ. That's what we're going to do this month. I didn't know this was coming. And I love to eat. <laughs> We're going to do this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I was telling pastors this morning that it's good that we have the 10 pastors. You know, we communicate. We're going to be getting together this week, right? We're going to sit down and we're going to put everything on the table and hash it all out. And I hope he doesn't go crazy. Okay? Because <laughs> when a whole bunch of people start putting out their own op their opinions, you know, whatever. But we're, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. And we're going to find the mind and the heart of God. So anyway, the whole thing here is that Jesus Christ humbled himself, and since he humbled himself, he was exalted by God. Okay? Exalted by God. You know, the more humble I, I, I am, the more than God will take care of making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the place where I need to be. Hugely important, because... You know, we throw that phrase around, changing the world, changing the world. And as you know, that is something that you're going to get somebody slapping you in the face, you know, because the world cannot understand that. The world can, cannot relate to it. So I think we need to be extra careful that as God does things to change the world, amazing things, we need to remain humble. How many say amen? We need to remain humble. It's not about me. The Lord is doing things, but it's him doing it. Praise him. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise God at all times. We need to remain humble and always give God and God alone the glory. Hallelujah. Right? God and God alone the glory. And I always think we need to love people. We need to love people. Right? We need to love people. I noticed that, okay, in churches that are supposedly spiritual, what happens is that they get to a point where the people who need the love the most, they start to despise them, you know? Oh, don't let that guy into the service. He stinks because he's drunk. You know, stuff like that. You know, we need to love people. We need to roll up our sleeves and get a little dirty, like Daniel. He didn't bathe for 21 days, right? <laughs> We're not going to do that one. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, look, I'm a guy. I would. But I wouldn't have a wife or a house. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. All right, let's go to 12 to 16. <laughs> Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Salvation is free. Sanctification, it's a combination of me with the Lord, right? I need to find out what does God want me to do and do what I can to walk that way. Dear friends, you always follow my instructions. Okay, uh, 
Oh, next verse, 12, let's go to 13. <clears throat> For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What can I say about that? When I got saved, I, had, I got saved in a Pentecostal church that was in like a carport in Puerto Rico, you know. And there were a lot of little old ladies there. And uh, the guys were like, and I thought, oh, my God. I know, I, sincerely, I said, I don't know if I'm going to get up into that upper echelon, you know, because I would look at those guys and I would say, because that's just not me. <laughs> that doesn't come natural to me. Got to be careful with associating that kind of exuberance, you know, emotional exuberance with uh, spirit spirituality. This line says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power. To do what pleases him. Everybody's different. We need some of those people that run the whole church, you know, every, we need that because that's, that is an expression. Some of those people that do that is real. Some of them are just a little crazy, but some of the people that do that is real and that's, that's okay. You remember David dancing and his clothes fell off. And his wife was up there in the window, and she said, honey, what are you doing here, you know? She, could, she couldn't quite understand. But um, God puts the desire in us, and he puts in us whatever we need to be able to get there. I want you to know that. Because I don't want you to feel like I felt back then, like, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Yes, you will. Amen. He sees your heart. He sees your desire. What we don't want to do is play games with God, okay? Get off the excuses. Get off the baloney. If you're going to do this, do it. Let's do it. Amen. Love people. Get into it. All right. Let's, let's uh, okay, give me verse 14. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Hello. That's pretty simple. <laughs> Go on. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives, a children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. See, people will criticize Christians and find doubts, and they'll say that they don't understand how could God this and how could God that. But you know what? They're watching you because they know what is biblically correct, and they're just waiting for you to slip up. So we have a responsibility before the world. We're going around saying, change the world, blah, 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 and that big bus with the whole thing. People are seeing that. And people are not stupid. People are seeing, well, if this person is speaking these things, their first tendency is to want to disagree. But deep down inside, they need Jesus just like we did. Everybody needs Jesus. And so we don't want to give them something that in the Bible is called a stumbling block. We don't want to be a stumbling block. We don't want to do stuff you know, we're trying to win the world to Christ, change the world. We don't want to be the one who did something that the person will say, ah, look, you see, it's not real because look, this guy, blah, 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 this and that. We are public people. We can't get around that. The world and the devil and the demons are watching us all the time. You know, 
The devil wants you to stub your toe just as you're preaching to somebody so that a dirty word comes out of your mouth. You know what I mean? We got to be extra careful because this is such a precious treasure that we don't want anything to come in the way of people being able to receive what God, what God is doing. Right, let's go to verse 16. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Wow. Okay, we, we want to make sure that at the end it all adds up and it makes, and it makes sense. Okay, now um, we're going to uh, jump to verse 19. And then in 19 to 24, I'm just going to review it real quickly because I don't want to take forever and the next service is about to start. Uh, Paul talks to them about Timothy. I'm going to send you Timothy. Timothy was Paul's main disciple. And Timothy was a powerful man of God, preacher, pastor. And he, is, he praises Timothy. He commends Timothy. I'm sending Timothy to you because he's good. He's going to be good for you. He's going to be what you need. Okay, let's, let's see. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send you Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. He's going to send Timothy, then Timothy's going to come back and report to him. Next verse. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. See this thing, it's like not all about me, it's getting involved with others. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served with me in preaching the good news. 23. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. Paul was in jail. What's going to happen to me here? You know what happened to him there. Eventually, they chopped his head off, Paul. <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily going to happen to you, but uh, he was ready for that. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. See, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he felt confident that he would be able to come and see them. So we see here Paul. Paul has prepared and trained Timothy, and Timothy is a guy who grabbed on, and he actually began to do the ministry. He uh, was a powerful man. Actually, Timothy was martyred. He died because of the faith. He died because of preaching the faith. He was like, a, you know, real straight ahead, and, you know, it, it, it did cost him his life. But let's go now on to 25 to 30, the end of the chapter. This, this is about a guy with a very long name. Okay. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Ephroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and a fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. Paul was, uh, he was, he was arrested. You know, he, was, he was on the house arrest for a long time, and they sent Epaphroditus to Rome, to jail, with a care package for Paul. You know, sent him. 
And, and so he's talking about him now. Go, go on to 26. <clears throat> I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard that he was ill. Epaphroditus got really, really sick on this trip. Go on. <clears throat> and he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you for I know you will be glad to see him and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. So Epaphroditus went there. He actually brought the paper that Paul wrote physically to his people in, in Philippi. And uh, Paul explains that when, when, uh, when Epaphroditus went to be with Paul, he got really sick, got really sick. Can you imagine? We have visited jails, Panama, Venezuela, United States, all over the place. Uh, the jails in the United States are the Hotel Hilton, okay? In these countries... I don't know for how long Angie was bathing in the shower with ice cold water after we came home from that jail. Big flies, big flies. That when they land on you, they leave like a wet spot. Yuck! So I imagine that where Paul was in the dungeon or whatever someplace, you know, this guy went to visit him and he got sick and he almost died. And God had to heal him. Okay, so we have different levels here. We have like... A, a, a believer, believer, someone who believes and, you know, a part of the congregation, very important. Believers uh, help, they contribute. Uh, believers, uh, some, of them, some believers work in some different ministries and whatnot. Then you have Timothy. Timothy went up to being uh, a preacher, a pastor, someone, you know, ministry, an active person. But this guy, Epaphroditus, he's a soldier. You know what I mean? Like, he totally... His whole life became service to God. He went over there to bring that present to Paul and serving the Lord and doing the Lord's work, he almost died. And I'm sure that Epaphroditus was fine through the whole thing and more than happy, if necessary, to give his life for the work of the Lord. Now, these are different levels, you know, and, and, and of everybody here, everybody's on a, on a different level. I remember one time when we were doing a, a concert and we played, we were newly saved, so we played a couple of our hits. And then we started singing something like, Manda Fuego, Señor, Manda Fuego. You know, and the next thing I know, a beer bottle flew by my head. And at that moment, I said, oh, my God, this could get ugly, you know. This could get ugly. And then what I thought was, well, if it was a bullet right here, how would I feel about that, you know. And I, and, I, and I went through that whole thing, you know, like, uh, you know, like dying, giving my life. And I, I felt, well, I hope, Lord, that if I ever come into a situation that's difficult that, like, like that, I hope that I would have the guts, you know what I mean? I'm talking about talking to God and talking to myself. I hope that I would have the guts 
to stand my ground and do whatever I need to do, you know, to, to, to hold my place with the Lord, you know. Uh, so that, that's, this guy, Epaphroditus, he was like, Paul immortalized him, put him there as a soldier, right-hand man, willing to die, if necessary, for, for the gospel. Now, that's an extreme. I don't want anybody feeling like, well, I don't know if I could do that. No, no, no. God is working with you where you are, okay? Some of you are going to go to that level. Some of you are going to be Timothys, you know? And some of you are going to be tremendous believers in the church, uh, helping, participating, uh, contributing, and, and just keeping everything moving and keeping everything alive. Well, what we each need to do is look at, at Jesus, look at all these things that Paul is handing down to Jesus, to, uh, handing down about Jesus to these people, and this letter is here for us. So like I said, it's not holy macaroni, it's not rocket science, it's pretty much down to earth, don't you think? Amen? So pretty much, that's what I have for today, and I leave you with my spiritual son, Pastor Joaquin Molina. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up this morning. I want to share something with you very quickly. Um, what's going to be the spiritual climate of the last days is deception, is darkness, is a lot of people leaving Christ. Uh, right now, Oprah Winfrey is traveling the United States, and she's filling up stadiums, and, and all the people are flocking. Oh, my God. This was, like, amazing. And, and she's not pointing to Christ. Uh, and she's not leading anybody in any healthy direction. But people are giving into it. So um, I, I don't know how 15,000 women just met here at one of the local arenas. And they, they took a full day's worth of Oprah Winfrey download. Um, and, and it's going to get spooky in the last days. And people are going to be super charismatic and super joyful. <clears throat> I want what I just heard from our pastor. I want the gospel. I want Jesus. I want transparency. I want reality. And in the last days, um, people are going to sit there, I got a secret revelation. And I'm like, look, keep the secret to yourself. I want what God is, the Holy Spirit is telling everybody Amen. that it's simple, that it's sincere, Christ the author and finisher of our faith. So I've seen that throughout the years, 35 years, everybody that has already like lost their focus and they want to get into the, the voodoo and what would you say, the magic and the, the hocus pocus and all that stuff, those people that are, have that tendency and desire, they're shipwrecked in their faith because Christ was naked upon that cross to be seen transparently before all men. And, and he's the most down-to-earth and real person. And that's, that's the affinity we have in our spiritual DNA in this house. Uh, we, we don't keep secrets. Uh, the, the vision of Spring of Life is, is something transparent, something to be seen throughout and throughout. So don't guess and don't, uh, don't, don't walk in the shadows. Walk in his light. And that light is ever-increasing and greater. And I thank God for this message this morning. Um, I think we have something real quick. Let's, let's put this real quick up there, a little video. Make Christ the centrality of your faith. 
A lot of people like to eat off knowledge and they like to get into the theological. And, and one lady was sat in our church for about a whole year and she says, you know something? That whole year I was in that church, I never heard about the 70 weeks of Daniel. I was like, lady, go to hell with your theology. I want wives that are a blessing to their husbands, husbands that are refreshing to their wives, and children that are honorable. So the family context is spiritual fruit. He says, if you can't govern your house right, you can't participate in the house of God. You, you can't teach if you're not living this stuff. So that's what we're doing. You want to put it up there? Go ahead. Uh, let's, let's make Christ our centrality. My king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I, I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his 
raise your hands to the heavens. Father God, we thank you. Jesus Christ, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Empower us this year to walk in the simplicity of our salvation. To walk in the faithfulness of your grace, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing through us, in us. Father God, we pray that we would be able to uh, walk in your mercy that we be a blessing to those that surround us, that we might be able to serve you here at the house of God, the gathering of your people, your sanctuary, that we be faithful, Lord, to steward our time, talents, and treasures, and that you be glorified. Use us to fill the earth with your glory. Teach us how to please you. Give us the grace these 21 days to walk in this fast, O oh God, and to enjoy uh, devotion and, and connection with you, Father God. Open our eyes. Heal us, Lord. Forgive our sins. Heal our sicknesses, our diseases. Be magnified and glorified through us. We thank you for this word, Lord, that you have deposited into our spirit first Sunday of the next decade, Lord. Allow Christ to be at the center of it all. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen and amen. God bless you. Um, men's meeting doesn't start till next Monday, January 13th. Next meeting, we'll see each other. will be Wednesday night Bible study. 7 o'clock. God bless you.